Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Run. Two on one. Green the finish. Wow, the alley Turned the corner. Inside! He made Yusuf Nurkic a screensaver. Here comes Murray. Alley up to Gordon. Oh, what a play! All right, joined now by Ty Windish, host of the Eurostep podcast and covering the Milwaukee Bucks here for the alley-oop. Ty, thank you so much for jumping on, man. Been a tough stretch for the last five games or so for Milwaukee. It's been a got to be got to be stressful. Yeah, uh, new year, new me for the Bucks has been new year, much worse me, which is not what what any Bucks fans or certainly anyone around the team would have wanted. Bucks are one and four in the new year with a one win, a close win over the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I think only two of those games are at home, but still, that's it's just unacceptable for a team of this caliber. And I think Milwaukee has seen their defense backslide and their offense has stalled out a lot in these games as well, which a team that was built to rely more on offense, of course, swapping out Drew Holiday and others for Damian Lillard, uh, they can't afford either of those things and certainly not both. So we are seeing a, a bad slump for Milwaukee. Um, I think some of this can be corrected by players playing a little bit better by some scheme tweaks by some uh, more favorable matchups but I think also the lack of perimeter defense on Milwaukee's roster has really been showcased in this recent run of games where 59th overall pick Chris Livingston played almost a whole second half against Utah because it seemed like nobody else could stay in front on the perimeter which is kind of indicative of the spot Milwaukee is in right now defensively. Yeah it was a wild rotation and I I didn't even realize that Chris Livingston wasn't playing a ton like when I tuned in for that game and then oh yeah hey you just gotta just gotta try some stuff and that seems that seems to be the stage where Milwaukee is at right now so over the last five games allowed 122 142 112 and 132 uh, points in that stretch uh, in the four losses four out of five uh, the defense just has it, it is gone and I, I did also want to share this though just to give Bucks fans a little bit of positivity. So I cover the Nuggets for people that don't know. Um, Denver stats on cleaning the glass on January 10th last year, uh, when they, like, Denver won the title last year. We're recording this on January 10th. They'll post on the 11th. Last year, Denver stats, 7th in net rating, 1st in offense, 23rd in defense. <laughs> so, like, it can happen. Like, yeah. Milwaukee is 4th on offense and 20th in defense. So, like, they are they're still in that range right now where you, you just can't be the worst team in the world and they're not but it's a question of whether the, the whether it actually will happen or not i think it's fair right yeah it is and, and clearly like Giannis Antetokounmpo wants it to happen he's been frustrated with the level of defense which makes sense i mean Giannis is you know probably one of the most equal two-way superstars you'll find in terms of what he provides on both ends of the floor i've seen him called a defense first superstar i mean you know, scoring 30 per game on 60% field goal shooting is, you know, not really bad on the other end either, even if it's not uh, the prettiest <laughs> buckets you'll see. Yeah, it's, you know, just a historic accomplishment. Um, but I think uh, he's, I mean, of course, the Bucks are used to winning with defense. And I think everyone's aware that it's not going to be the same with the trade they made. But being a, a horrible defense is not going to slide. And they were making positive progress. I mean, I know they had good shooting luck in December defensively, but also it just looked better, I think. Their philosophy is chase shooters off the line, try to funnel them toward Brooke Lopez, which frankly is relatively similar to what we've seen in years past. The issue is 
they've incorporated multiple schemes on defense because the base one just doesn't work all that well. Because it turns out when you don't have Eric Bledsoe or Drew Holiday and some collection of George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Wesley Matthews, Javon Carter, etc., on that point of attack, the dr- base drop just isn't as effective. It, it, the Bucks are all the time getting the ball handler and the big going together at Brook Lopez. And as great as Brook Lopez is, that's just untenable to happen, you know, whatever, 20 times a game, 10 times a game, whatever it is. And then they try switching. They'll they'll blow the switches sometimes. Sometimes their players still just get beat. Uh, they've tried zone. They haven't done it as much recently, but the zone has been one of their better uh, switch-ups. But it's just really unrealistic to play a bunch of zone every night. I mean, zone should be a change-up in NBA, not you know your go-to. And I think there's a, a, a hankering to almost see too much of it sometimes from fans. So uh, hopefully Jay Crowder can get healthy soon. He would be a welcome addition. He is one of their best perimeter defenders, or at least was when he was playing earlier this season. And I think realistically, I mean, there's going to be some sort of roster move coming. I don't know. I mean, they, they released two of their three two-way players. I, I would question how much you can really expect to be added to a contending rotation via two ways, but it was interesting that they made you know, two of those moves at once on the right before the guarantee date there. But I would look mm-hmm. for Milwaukee to be very, very active as usual in trade conversations, any buyouts that are below the MLE. So the apron restriction doesn't affect them, which would be, I think, most players who are bought out. Unfortunately, Bucks fans really like the idea of getting PJ Tucker back for free. Uh, he has guaranteed money for next season. I really don't see him getting bought out, but you know, crazier things have happened. But I, I think they probably just need some more defensive reinforcements to make any sort of scheme work, even if head coach Adrian Griffin has not dialed up perfection by any means on that end and they've made tweaks over the way. Uh, I, I think the caliber of perimeter defender is just lacking right now. Yeah, by the way, I think uh, I think the Nuggets might be interested in P.J. Tucker if he gets bought out too. Yeah, I think um, a lot of teams would be. I mean, you know, yeah. he's old, but everyone likes what he brings <laughs> off the court and on the court. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And like, I, I mean, could Milwaukee use a guy like that? Absolutely. I think everybody could use a guy like that. And most important thing to remember for Milwaukee is that you can – still bounce back from this. It's going to take a committed effort, but uh, they didn't add Damian Lillard for his defense. They added him to enhance the offense in the playoffs, enhance the offense in the regular season, and that has happened. There's no doubt that his presence has helped uh, facilitate some growth for Giannis. It's helped facilitate some growth for the rest of the roster where they're getting the easiest shots possible. And a lot of those guys have capitalized on that, but you mentioned that there are some guys going through slumps. Just who are some guys that are playing well around the Damianis pick and roll right now, and who are some guys that are struggling? I think Beasley is probably the biggest beneficiary to it, even though all, like it, it's it's probable or at least likely that he ends up getting shifted to the bench eventually if they are able to add a better or even Crowder comes back healthy, just because I think their starting lineup needs more juice defensively and Dame tries, but there's just limitations there, especially with his load on offense. But Beasley has, to his credit, I mean, he's knocking down, what, 50 plus percent of his three still, I think, or at least recently. Like He has been a flamethrower at very high volume. I know on the recent Kirk Goldsberry chart where they show like the players who have scored the most from each zone, Beasley has both of the corners. So he has been lights out from the most efficient or the second most efficient shot in basketball. Giannis has been lights out at the rim, which is the most efficient. And then you, who you don't see is Dame, who's actually been slumping as well for, with his shot making. So if he's mm-hmm. able to add the dangerous above the break threes, 
I mean, even if they're not starting together, the combination of corner three, Giannis at rim, and Damo upbreak is going to really even shift defenses into even harder positions. Um, Pat Connaughton has started to hit some shots lately, but the Bucks bench has overall just been a disaster. But on the positive end, Chris Middleton, I think, looks great when he plays with the rest of the starters. I mean, the lack of attention on him has opened up some more catch and shoot, but also with the elite perimeter defenders obviously flocking toward Dame and sometimes Giannis. I mean, teams are almost more likely to put forwards on him than bigs now because the bigs just can't hang anymore. Chris is sure. able to, to work against worse defenders. His assist numbers have gone up. He has ugly turnovers, but his turnovers are still pretty low on the season. And since he's back to his full minutes load, it's been very common to see 20-plus points, seven or eight assists, several rebounds in there. Uh, and I think this is really the perfect role for Chris, being able to play off of those two guys. So the bones offensively of the team look great. I think it's just about making sure the right pieces and the right depth is in place. So, you know, if the starters are playing well, the lead doesn't go away when you have bench players come in and are just unable to make shots. Yeah, some numbers to back that up, by the way, with with Chris Middleton specifically. Plus 14.5 net rating when he, Dame, and Giannis all play together. And for Dame and Giannis, they're actually minus one when Middleton is off the floor. And that is kind of the formula for this team, right? You want you want all the best players on the floor, and that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, knock on wood, obviously. Like I think that it's very fair that if you build a team around Dame, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, then they're going to look great when they're playing together, but it's also going to be about those minutes where you've got either one or two of those guys on the floor or you haven't like none of those guys on the floor where those minutes have been really problematic for a team that is obviously when you take away the top level guys, a little bit bereft of talent and creation. So going to be interesting to see where, where they continue to go with that. But uh, Chris Middleton is still looking like that guy that can be a helpful third piece on a championship contender. It's just going to have to be about getting him there and making sure that he's in a great position to succeed. So uh, between him and between Dame, like I'm, I'm curious to see whether this sustains because I'm a little bit worried about some of the underlying numbers with Dame, but like if, as long as Chris Middleton's healthy, I think he helps out a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's an adjustment process for Dame. I think he's also going through quite a bit off the court, which has been publicized to a certain degree. But um I think we've seen flashes where Dame looks like Dame and I'm pretty confident he's going to get back there and just break through. And frankly, with how many great shooters the Bucks have had not make anything in the playoffs, if there's going to be a time to slump, if it's controllable, I'll much rather take all the misses in, you know, November, December, January and have Dame really be getting in a rhythm in March, April and hopefully beyond then. So um, it, it's something that you can live with. I mean, I know there's you know red red alert in Bucks world right now with how bad they've been to start the year. I think a convincing Boston win uh, the day we were the day this comes out would obviously go a long way toward calming that down a bit. But even sure. without that, I think you know it's just going to have to be a little bit of riding it out and waiting until Dame is able to you know get back to the twenty plus points, high assist numbers, pretty good efficiency. In those games, even when the defense is a little leaky, the Bucs can still win because they can outscore, out-talent other teams. They shouldn't. The plan shouldn't be to have a track meet every game, but if it happens sometimes, especially without Crowder being healthy yet, I, I think you can live that. I mean, clearly they're second in the East. It's not like they've totally fallen apart, um, but it's still not ideal, of course, to not be able to rely on defense really at all. So we're nearly 40 games into the season, about about halfway or so. Um, 
obviously it was pretty easy to figure out kind of the top four, top five, top six for the Bucks in their rotation and heading into the playoffs. But so who are those guys that are kind of guaranteed to play as it stands right now? And just where does that leave the gaps right now? We've talked about like guard wing defender that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the starting five is all going to play to a certain amount. Some matchups are tough for Brooke Lopez, but I think he he's going to remain the starter as long as he's on the team. Just trying to have Giannis be full-time five, I think, is a little too taxing, and, and he doesn't want to do it, frankly, uh, which I agree with. I mean, I think starting him at the five all year just puts a little too much duress, and such a good weak side help defender, uh, even if he hasn't gotten to show it as much with how leaky the defense is overall, that I think that's the right tact. So those five, I think Crowder, when healthy, is always going to play. I think after that, you really get in a question mark zone. And this is where, um, you know, the the disappointing play of Bobby Portis this season and Pat Condon, although, again, he's in these five games, I think, shooting above 50% from three. So that is actually kind of a hidden encouraging sign because he's on a pretty bad slump all of last regular season, was good in the playoffs, then couldn't hit a three again for the first couple months of this season. He is knocking down his threes again. So that could get him some more minutes. I think they also just trust him as a good positional defender and just a guy who knows where to be. But Bobby Portis, I think, is shooting eight percent from three in twenty twenty four. That's not what. A, that's not a not misspeaking. Eight uh, percent and thirty some percent from the field. I mean, just has not been effective at his usual post moves. Is obviously not giving you a ton defensively ever. I think really that has been as big a blow to the Bucks as anything this season. His play overall had not been great for long stretches. But right now, it's been pretty abysmal. They've had to go away from him, and they just don't, especially with Crowder not healthy, have the size to not play him. I mean, Robin Lopez is on the roster. He just sits on the hardwood. Like, he doesn't actually play. So they're they're really low on big depth and just bench punch. I mean, Bobby was, I think, third and sixth man of the year voting last year. They certainly rely on him or relied on him to give them a consistent punch off the bench, and it has, has not happened. So I think that's been problematic, and that really puts his status in doubt both in terms of regular minutes in the playoffs, as well as, you know, is he going to be on the team past February 8th, given the salary he makes and his prominence around the league versus the Bucks not having a ton of tradable salary and really looking for upgrades and, and better fits on this roster. So, you know, I think Connaughton is maybe playing his way back in. The young guys, Andre Jackson and Marjan Beauchamp, are both maybes. They've had nice stretches, but it feels maybe too early for both of them still at this point. We'll see. Ditto for Chris Livingston, who has like one game over 10 minutes now this whole season. Um, so I think they're they're really searching for, you know, who's the guard that we can capably slot in. Campaign is injured right now and just has been too streaky, not good enough defensively for them. So I think that's the biggest hole. You get that guard, you get Crowder, maybe you make some other moves on the bench to try and shore it up, but then you have a pretty good top seven, eight heading into the playoffs, I think. I think that's fair. And I think that if you trust the formula, if you trust the the actual structure of Dame, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and then the added bonus of having a rim protector like a Brook Lopez, who you don't necessarily have to play all the time, but will be very helpful in some matchups, then that's gonna be that's gonna be a big deal. Like you're not gonna survive a Philly matchup without Brook Lopez. Yeah. You're not gonna survive yeah. a probably a Miami matchup without a somebody like a Malik Beasley to get hot and, and carry your offense a little bit in, in some stretches. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot to like about where Milwaukee is at still. Uh, like their, their record is still good enough in order to get a top seed. But there are also some detail things that obviously you and I have picked apart that are going to be very important over these next six weeks. What's the one thing 
uh, whether you're you're looking to add one specific player or you're just looking for one specific thing to improve over the next six weeks before we talk again? What are you, what are you looking at going forward? Um, I mean, for player type, I mean, just like uh, Caruso is ever, who everyone wants, but even like a Chris Dunn, I think, would totally change the makeup of this team, frankly, and sounds a little ridiculous for a player as not regarded highly around, I guess, more casual fans, but I think someone like that just cha- and he played excellent against the Bucks, but unfortunately on a team that is executed by Danny Ainge, so we'll see if that would cost like 10 first round picks or something to make that deal happen. Um but Probably in terms of so. on court, just to not totally, you know, have hopes and dreams on on roster moves, although I do think John Horace will get something done. He always does. Um would just like to see better execution kind of on their switching. I think you know, I, I, they, they're going to try to drop every game. There's only so much you can expect, I think, from Dame and Beasley. And they've like they started Andre Jackson and Beasley. Dame was out f- for personal reasons against Utah, and their defense didn't like. You know, they, they actually had their worst defensive half of recent memory. I mean, they were they were terrible, even with another plus defender. I think Andre Jackson does what he can, but still very young, a rookie, and and can't shore it up by himself. But I think their switching needs to be better, especially when Lopez is involved. Sometimes it seems like. There's just confusion on, are we switching one through five? Are we doing one through four and drop next to it? Like they've let guys get open on those, not really knowing. And I think switching is going to be really important for this team, just as one of their counter punches defensively, one you can use more often probably than zone or anything else. So I would like to see their switching improve and just be, they've had good runs largely when the young guys play just because they're more mobile, but I just want to see their overall team defense specifically on switches improve. Cause I think that makes you much more playable even without ace defensive pieces at least make make the point guards hit their contested runners and stuff not dunk or have wide open threes that's the the level of defense i need from the bucks going forward seems like a reasonable ask there's there's nothing nothing wrong with that (laughs) i do think that you just gotta you just gotta keep pushing forward and i know that the season is long you can go through a bunch of different iterations and like i mentioned with the nuggets numbers at the beginning of this pod it can still improve and you can still be a great defense in the playoffs. And I think if, just quickly, another example, you know. um, and it could be a good one for the Bucks is, I mean, the Celtics team that was like regarded as one of the best teams ever last year, or two years ago, floundering before they added Derek White. I don't think the Bucks are going to add someone as good as Derek White, but I do think it's illustrative that one great fit, even if it's not a top, and maybe, I mean, people now act like Derek White's their best player, but even if it's not, you know, one of your cornerstone players that you're adding at the time can make such a big difference. And I think, again, I don't think they're going to find their Derek White um, exactly a player that good, but I do think adding the right player to a core can make a bigger difference than people realize sometimes. Is the equipment manager doing what it takes to win a title this year? The the Bucks posted that the jerseys were extra white the game after that, but that was the Perfect. Utah game. So maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe there were like some some lucky uniforms that got washed when they shouldn't. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Maybe they're too starchy. Uh, I need to mm. do a full investigation of this. But um, yeah, I guess no one's doing well enough right now. So hopefully Adrian Griffin, the Bucks defenders and, and offensive players and the equipment manager all step it up before this big Boston game. From top to bottom, baby. Just got to just gotta do what it takes to get it done. It's, it should be very, very interesting. He is Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast. Ty, thank you so much for stopping by and giving us your, your awesome Milwaukee Bucks analysis. We'll chat again in six weeks, all right? Looking forward to it. Hopefully it's a brighter conversation around the Bucks. Thanks as always, Ryan.